am Caroline Woods. Welcome to Weekend Trader. Joining me is Ben Lichtenstein, host of Futures here on the TD Ameritrade Network. Ben, so much to get into. I, mean, I know we have a busy week coming up of earnings, but let's talk about the week that was. It was a tough one, another tough one, especially for companies like Netflix and Peloton. You have some technical perspective for us. Help us make sense of it all. Yeah, Caroline, a tough week for tech in general. The NASDAQ took a hit officially in correction territory down 10% plus. And, you know, we will get in some of the individual names that were part of that selling, but I think investors are just really cautious right now and not as optimistic as they had been headed into the beginning of the year as they are into the new year. Again, exhi exhibiting a li little more caution as of recent with rates on the rise, expectations for uh, the Fed uh, in March to raise at least a quarter. There was even talk this week of a half base point. And uh, again, rate spiking in the rate that they have to the extent that they have has raised some eyebrows and it has investors taking a step back to say the least. And we'll talk more about the Fed in just a minute, but let's stick with Netflix and then move on to Peloton, two big losers this week. Netflix obviously down on that weak subscriber growth outlook. Uh, more pain in store, or do you think we've seen the worst of it? Well, you know, it's tough to tell at this point from the energy we've seen to the downside and lack of rejection. There's a good possibility that we do see some further weakness into next week before we start to bottom out. Eventually we will, and it will provide longer term investors potentially a buying opportunity. But here at these levels, there's something to focus on. First and foremost, the fact that if down uh, into the end of the week, into this 400 level, it looks like, well, here you can see the weekly off that 700, 701 level actually up only two weeks since posting that up a level into the end of last year. So you can see the extent of the decline. And as you mentioned on the news, the disappointing quarterly results, it actually wasn't the results it seemed like. They just didn't really wow investors or analysts for that matter. It was something like eight downgrades after reporting results. And well, it was subscriber numbers. And while they weren't this that bad for last quarter, everybody was focused on that, over 8 million. It was the, the, the upcoming quarter that they raised some concerns in terms of the forecast for uh, just over 2 million. So that's where I think the focus is right now. But I'm concerned about some of the other streaming giants, ultimately. What does this mean for the broader base uh, market and tech, tech in general? And some of those shares, as we mentioned, the NASDAQ had taken a hit relative to the other markets, uh, other three majors. For example, I want to point out the NASDAQ took out the D-slows, sort of the Russell and the ES, but the Dow large caps didn't take out the December lows this week. So still holding up above that level just sort of points to how some of this is still maybe rotational or at the very least how large caps have fared better than some of the other shares. But, you know, I keep kind of leaning back on the fact that uh, throughout earnings seasons over the last year or two, uh, it, throughout the COVID pandemic and some of the uncertainty tied to not only rates on the rise, but COVID concerns and everything else that investors have been faced with, they've sort of been able to lean on earnings, companies, quarterly results, some of the strength we've seen in economic data. And Caroline, that just wasn't present this week. Started out earlier in the week with bank earnings and not really impressing investors. And it went all the way into, as we were just talking about, Netflix. Another brutal chart to look at is Peloton. They actually released some preliminary earnings uh, amidst a lot of kind of chaos behind the stock price. But uh, but what's your take there, Ben? Is the stay at home? I mean, COVID's still certainly a problem, but is the stay at home trade dead? I don't know if it's dead. It's been it's unwound quite a bit, Caroline. There's a lot of stocks, uh, Peloton, Netflix. I mean, right back to those pre-pandemic levels. So this is something to keep an eye on. The selling has been extreme, to say the least. Peloton, you mentioned those uh, early 
uh, earnings estimates or the numbers there. But there was also some disappointment that investors expressed in reaction to they're going to stop production of the treadmill, stock production of the uh, bike, and I mean, ultimately some layoffs and what that means in terms of the ripple effect. So my concern when I start to hear news like this and see headlines is who's next? I mean, what does that mean for some of the other big companies? We talk about some of the supply chain constraints, but this sort of feeds into some of those uh, demand diminishing concerns and ultimately just, yeah, is this trade, that pandemic trade starting to unwind? And well, from the looks of, uh, you know, again, a couple of these companies, it sure seems to be. And the weakness isn't limited to equities. We should no. mention that Bitcoin has also been selling off. It was once something that we talked about as being uncorrelated or non-correlated with the stock market. But uh, how correlated is it now? And what do you make of the sell-off there? Well, I always say in terms of Bitcoin, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. A couple of volatile sessions, to say the least. And a characteristic of the product, ultimately, I think that's what brought many traders to cryptocurrency. And so, again, uh, today... Sticking with the trend Friday and this week, for that matter, we saw a big move lower after failing up around the 69,000 level uh, last year. We've seen a sharp move to the downside this week, back below 40,000. We have support down around 30,000. But I think it's a reflection of that risk off sentiment coming into play and how investors are just kind of moving away from some of the riskier assets. We saw safe haven tendencies, for example, like the yen. Uh, we saw the VIX work its way higher this week and uh, still holding below the December highs that we saw up around 31 in terms of the VIX, but Swiss franc, for example, another currency product that did see some of that safe haven type tendencies come into play. So investors are a little concerned and Bitcoin certainly or does appear to be a bit of a reflection of those uncertainties, that unease and unwillingness to hold these riskier assets uh, into the weekend for one and uh, potentially into uh, the middle of and into the end of this first quarter will be key to watch. If we can get down to 30,000 and then ultimately if we do, that's a big area of support as mentioned. Do we get below it? And then uh, if we take out that level, actually, that will be important to watch price activity and, uh, and how it acts below that level. All right. So let's take a look at next week. Obviously, earnings will be front and center again. Which are you watching most closely? Well, you know, it's for me, I, I think it's just the basket of names collectively, as I mentioned, first and foremost. I think that what we had seen in the past was investors focusing on better than expected results and shrugging off some of the unknown, some of the unease. I I'm going to continue to watch while well, some of these big names that we're looking at here, Johnson & Johnson. I mean, we saw Procter & Gamble report some pretty good numbers this week. Uh, I'll be keeping an eye on General Electric. Some of the other names, Tesla, there you can see a big name that we should watch next week. Uh, we saw Verizon, AT&T, a couple names that will give us a little bit more insight in terms of some of the consumer trends. MasterCard's a big name on the list. Visa, there you can see on Thursday. Apple, certainly. I mean, these are the big players to keep an eye on. And like I said, though, we want to see collectively some positive energy, some sentiment coming from these names right now is headed into earnings season, a bit of a dark, dismal uh, outlook here as we uh, finish up. Well, what was really the first big week of earnings aside from last week, a couple banks towards the end of the week. But this was that first look in terms of uh, collectively how companies were uh, faring. And unfortunately, into the fourth quarter, it doesn't seem like they had done as well as it had been prior uh, throughout the rest of last year. The analysts that I've been speaking to that are still bullish on this market really are counting on earnings to be a key catalyst. So those certainly can't disappoint because we can see how much a stock can be punished if they do with Netflix this week. But all right, also looking ahead, you had already mentioned the Fed, but we have the FOMC meeting, Powell speaking on Wednesday. This market has been moving quite a bit already in anticipation of a, a more aggressive Fed, in anticipation of some tapering and tightening. 
How market moving do you think that could be, or is it priced in at this point? I think it could be huge, Caroline. There's so much speculation coming into this one in terms of uh, whether we'll get some certainty, whether the Fed will act before March even. I mean, I've heard speculation uh, as to such. We've got the potential for a half a point rate hike. So there's going to be a lot of focus on this. Fed Chair Jerome Powell, to say the least, is going to have to walk a fine line in that question and answer session. But keep in mind the transparency and the Fed's ability to kind of stay the course is what's helped. Uh, provide a bit of a backdrop for investors. There you can see some of the data due out next week. I'll watch consumer confidence, again, providing a little bit more information uh, in terms of the, uh, consumers here in the U.S. You can see the uh, numbers on Wednesday, as mentioned, that Fed announcement. But also 30, Thursday, we've got some big numbers, durable goods orders, GDP. We had a little bit of a downtick this week in terms of the housing data. So I'll be keeping an eye on pending home sales. We saw some mixed data, data this week, mostly weak for the most part. But Personal income and spending is going to tie directly into that Fed focus in terms of the inflation discussion. But next week, I think we should keep an eye on crude oil and keep an eye on the ES because we've been watching crude up five weeks into the end of this week. ES down three weeks. That's quite a divergence, Caroline. It's really telling two separate tales. Are we going to see continued strength in the economy, demand present for crude products and energy markets continue to rally? Or is the ES, the indices, correct in terms of are we about to take a little bit of a step back? Is the Fed on that path in terms of the trajectory as far as raising rates going to slow economic conditions? So we've got a, quite the divergence playing out here. It'll be key to watch. In addition to economic data, earnings, headline news, watch crude, watch the indices and how this resolves itself one way or the other because uh, the two are telling a different tale. So much to keep on our radar. I'm tired already just thinking about next week. Ben Lichtenstein, appreciate your insights and for you putting it all into perspective for us. Thanks so much. And that's your Weekend Trader. I'm Caroline Woods. Have a good one.